Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. My name is Jane Ellen. And mine is Adam Cravens. And we are going to review two, count them, two movies for you. For the price of one. And which, one of them. Which was already nothing. I, I know. And yeah. one of them has the name two in its title. Very is conveniently. It, is it incredible? It, it, is, is it? it is aptly titled. I won't lie. Like, Pixar does not have, um, let's say, a flawless track record. You get a Cars 2 in there sometime. Uh, or, or, oh, God forbid, or a, a good, Cars 3. Or a good dinosaur. You know, all our, Cars 3, like, maybe is better because Cars 2 was not. But, like, I enjoyed Cars 3. Really? I didn't, didn't love Cars 3. Like, but after seeing Cars 2, I was like, oh, oh. Which is the one with the plane? Or oh, that's a different one. That No, that one's okay. the straight-to-video. Or okay. no, no, I think they actually did release in theaters. Instead of cars, it felt it's like a straight-to-video uh, yeah. release. Yeah, that kind of sickened me. Uh, not that I didn't want to be hired to do any of those voices, but the movie itself looked like it was I think it was just in sewage. It was in a shared universe Very with much cars. So. But, like, none of the cars showed up, I believe. I think there was a fire truck, but anyway. There might have been. Might have been. Let's say. Owen Wilson was not there. Like, when you, Larry the Cable Guy, like, he didn't show up. Uh, Paul Newman definitely did not show up. Um, what can I say? Just saying. Um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, it's already streaming. We saw, we saw um, Early Man. How the was it? Wallace and Gromit. Okay. Guys, did right. it. yeah, yeah. Uh, very entertaining. It is now, geez, I don't know if we rented it or maybe it's on Amazon Prime. It didn't cost much, but it was entertaining. It wasn't Wallace and Gromit brilliance, but there are a lot of visual jokes that are certainly worth it. Was it at least Chicken Run? Oh, I think brilliant. it's better than Chicken Run. Okay, there you go. Yeah, okay. I liked it. All okay, right. I just couldn't remember the name or where to find it, but it's no longer in theaters because I mixed up that movie with the dog thing that's not out yet. The one from, uh, not Wes, is it Wes yeah. Anderson? Yeah, that one. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. not out yet, right? I don't think so. Okay, good. Hey, why don't we actually talk about the movies we plan to talk That's about? A good idea. Which would be Incredibles 2. It, it was exceptional. Like, um, I would, I would say, and like, I, I've also heard people uh, responding to it as well. Like, um, it took us 14 years to get, a sequel to probably it's been 14 years, 2004. Wow. It, it took us 14 years to get what I would argue is probably the Pixar movie that screamed the loudest that I want or deserve a sequel. The film ends not on a cliffhanger necessarily, um, but like you have the, the underminder ri- rising out of the ground, just going, I am the underminer. Th- that film, it, and it's about superheroes. Yeah. How many Batman movies are there? How many Superman movies are there? How many Marvel movies are there? 14 years. Wow. 14 years. But I, I will say um, the quality is there. I, I, I don't know that it is better than Incredibles, but I would say that it is on the same uh, plateau with Incredibles. Uh, the Incredibles is a great one. So the story on this is, well, with The Incredibles, uh, and there are no spoilers here, with The Incredibles, because of some nonsense, the super-powered folks 
have kind of gone into hiding. They're not supposed to use their powers. And uh, now uh, after they saved the world or the city or whatever, they saved something, they are known again. So this one is about helping uh, spin their PR, I guess. It actually picks up immediately after Incredibles 1 went to credits. Okay. Like you like there like it's 14 years for it's like walking into the Narnia closet. Like time does not exist like that they, they pick up immediately where they stopped mm-hmm. 14 years ago. Like so, you see the fight with the underminer. Like um and that's kind of like the your genesis point for this. Mm-hmm. Um they they do it correctly, and like I said, I'm not I'm not going to go into it too much. But this is basically the setup, and you you've probably seen this in previews for it as well. Um, the Incredibles, um, and I believe uh, Frozone as well, uh, show up like they stop the city from just being destroyed. You have the officials arguing, "Well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You just made it worse." Um, the The Incredibles are now like kind of down in their luck. Uh, if you'll remember in the previous film, their house was burned to the ground. Just before the movie ended, mm-hmm. um, they don't have jobs. Um, they got a problem. Um, the agency that has been helping the Incredibles is being shut down. Like the government wants to move that money elsewhere. So Robert or um, Robert, the entire like Parr family are very much down on their luck. Like they don't they don't have money set aside for this. Their house is destroyed. Um, they could even possibly be facing like criminal prosecution for doing something that they know to be illegal, regardless of whether or not like the idea behind it was good. Um, a company uh, comes forth and says, hey, um, we want to put some dollars behind this. Like we want to put supers back where they need to be, but at the forefront, we've got the funding to do this. We're going to put you up in a guys up in a house like we're going to pay. Uh, you a certain uh, like bit of money, like we're going to put the media behind this to get them behind you guys again. Like the movie, um, it's got some pathos to it. Like there's some serious drama, there's danger, but it's also funny and it's definitely a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Like a- as an adult, I had no issue like having fun with this movie. Like um, th- there's there's some different, like Hotel Transylvania. I don't necessarily enjoy that as much as the kids do. Right. I'm not I'm not saying that like it's a bad movie, but like it's just that movie I'm I'm not I'm not the one that they were made. For me it's Igor. I, I'm saying you you've got those movies that are definitely made for kids that the 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 adults have to suffer through. Kind of slog through. Mm-hmm. Incredibles 2 is not that film. Excellent. Um so in the first one, correct me if I'm wrong because our dog is named after him, but they did not yet know if Jack Jack had powers. I believe the the audience we knew yes that Jack Jack had powers. I think they did like a a mini film like for the DVD release or something like that. Or it it happens. None of the family is aware that he has powers. Or and I from think the trailer, or maybe he. I want to say like Syndrome. Like he yeah. he attacks Syndrome, but none of the no one knows what exactly happened up there. So they don't know he does. But in this film, they are well aware. Of mm-hmm. the fact that Jack Jack has powers, and am I getting the vibe that he seems to have a lot of different he, ones? He is the Franklin Richards to the Incredibles Fantastic Four. I see. Franklin Richards is the son of uh, the Mister Fantastic and the Invisible Woman. Very powerful character in the Marvel universe. Um, they've taken a lot of cues from the Fantastic Four in the Incredibles, 
And I'm I'm wondering if that might have just been another one. But mm-hmm. yes, Jack Jack is not to be trifled with. And even better, um, he's an infant, so it's really difficult to reason with him when he can slip into the fourth dimension, shoot lasers from his <laughs> eyes, become a fire monster. Like uh, a lot of comedy is uh, wrung out of that uh, at the expense of Mr. Incredible. I cannot wait to see that. Uh, I love when there is a well-deserved sequel that stands up. Not that it wasn't great to have Wrath of Khan say, hey, Star Trek doesn't suck, but it's nice to have a good first one and a good second one. I mean, like, it. I would put this in the same pantheon like you speak of Godfather 2, Empire Strikes Back, X-Men 2. Like, it just it's a quality sequel. And if I'm remembering correctly... It opened to about $180 million domestically. Um, if I, again, if I'm recalling correctly, I think Finding Dory held the previous record for an animated opening. And it was somewhere around like 130, 134 million, something mm-hmm. like that. Whatever money Disney may have just lost uh, on Solo, holy cow, they are printing it left and right. Infinity War just crossed $2 billion, Like, a I'm little still upset over, about Solo. It's a good movie. Go see it. I, I'm I'm not I'm not speaking of the quality of Solo. I'm just saying the may the amount of money that it made was not what Disney intended. But it's not like they're not going to release the thing 14 mm-hmm. times on 4K and Blu-ray mm-hmm. and DVD and VOD. And I, I'm just Solo will will give them a profit at one point. Maybe not like Rogue One did or Episode Seven did. Like just out of the gate. But, like, if you are looking at it from that financial standpoint, I'm just saying Disney smacked two of them out of the park. Mm-hmm. That's uh, for two, sure. Two billion dollars. Like, Infinity War just joined Avatar, Titanic, and Force Awakens as the only four films, if I'm remembering correctly, have that have crossed the $2 billion mark. And Incredibles 2, I think, has, like, an A- minus cinema score, an A+. Plus. Like, so the word of mouth on this is positive. It opened to huge. a huge amount. Um I I'm someone has already said, "Hey, Incredibles 3." And here, could we just wait a couple of years before you do a so-so version of it as a cartoon on Netflix? I I think um especially after well, I mean he's he's stepping John Lasseter whenever he took over after they acquired Pixar. You know those um, straight-to-DVD uh, sequels that Disney was doing, like Peter Pan Returned mm-hmm. to Neverland, Cinderella 2 and 3, um, Aladdin movies. and the King of Thieves. Like, had kind of what I'd call the equivalent of Saturday morning animation. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what a lot of people saw as cash grabs using the name of films that uh, had come out, you know, 40, 30, whatever, years previous. Basically, he killed all of those. Any of the ones in development. Like... One of the ones in development in particular was a Toy Story 3. And I think he took that one a little bit personally. Mm-hmm. Just kind of said, you want to do what to my baby? <laughs> I, I built Pixar. Like, y'all just bought us for, I want to say it was like $6 billion, five. It was a ridiculous, they paid more for Pixar than they did for Star Wars. Wow. Um, And like, he basically kind of quality controlled all of that. He's like... We do, we we need to make sure that we are ensuring the quality of these, that the product is premium. Like, we don't just need to put the name out there. 
Like, because, I mean, you can put Aladdin on something mm-hmm. and you're going you're to make a dollar. You can put oh, Cinderella yeah. on something and make a dollar. But I would argue that none of, I, I was never going to people and like, have you seen Cinderella 3? Dreams do come true. <sighs> my goodness, my dreams came true. No, no one said that. Now, if you will look at the sequel output that they have done, and again, like, it's it, it's not a flawless victory. You do have your cars, too. If you have seen the preview for Ralph Wrecks the Internet, mm-hmm. if that film is two, a fourth as funny as the preview is, like, Disney, again, they're going to be printing money with Ralph's face on it. My youngest is so excited about that. She's it's a constant. It's like I want to see it and I want to see it now. Oh, it they they had a preview for it before Incredibles two. I I mean I I know the 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 phrase laugh out loud is overused, but like I did it. I actually laughed out loud at the preview. They do a bit that is a jab at the Disney princesses <laughs> in it. Um, if you have not seen the newest yes. trailer, see it. Um, Disney's in on the joke. And, like, it is a brilliant one. And it, it, it's at their expense. But I'm mm-hmm. telling you, like, it, it's just... It's a it, good one. It was delightful. The the film itself, um, I, I really... I don't know that I can shower enough praise, like, on it. I, I watch a lot of kids' movies. I've got six children, so... Now, truth be told, you and I watch a lot of kids' movies without any children around. True story. Well. But now, yeah. now, <laughs> I have an excuse to. I see. So... <laughs> It, I'm not. I'm not the weirdo that's there, and they're like, "Oh, are you seeing Muppets? Are your children meeting you later?" And I'll be like, "What? Mm-hmm. What children? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I, I, yeah. the, the babysitters have the children. I, I what, am watching. This. I, I enjoyed the the felt adventures of Kermit. Yeah, and, and I, I'll, I'll. You may take your sass and direct it elsewhere. Yes, and I got to say, by the way, Troll Hunters on Netflix is pretty good. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> throw that out uh, there. Unrelated bit of information. <laughs> Maybe it's because I like to know that Kelsey Grammer is voicing a multi-eyed uh, troll. It's kind of funny to me to hear that voice. Anyway, so I think this is something we should bring up as we talk about these films. For Incredibles 2, this is worth full price. Yes. Like, I, movies, I, don't, yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any, like, I, movies aren't getting cheaper. I'll tell you that. Um, but this one right here, like, I, w- I would see it in the theater. The crowd that I saw it with literally applauded. And it wasn't because Samuel L. Jackson was in our theater. Like, he, I don't think he could hear us unless Disney has also pioneered that technology. But the, <laughs> there was such a positive reaction to the film. Like, the audience just needed, they, they wanted to cheer at it. They cheered before, like, it came on. Like, it was, it was a very positive theatrical experience like all the way around okay so go see it now oceans eight which i assume is a prequel to oceans 11 no 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 no. it's not what happened before they got the other no couple that made it 11 first let me see some numbers um Rotten Tomatoes is getting it 67 percent IMDB is giving it 6.3 I would give it... Had the highest opening for any of the Oceans movies, I believe. I think I might give it a seven and a half. Maybe an eight. Hopefully out of ten. Out of ten. Not not out of a hundred? Okay. Out of ten. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, how much has it made? It 
It only cost $70 million to make it, and it has made... Come on, load, load, I want to quantify load. the statement. $70 million is not a small amount of money, but compared to a lot of summer films budgets, $70 million is pretty much bargain basement. Yeah, they will hit $100 million. They They didn't make like millions and millions opening weekend, but by the end of next weekend, they'll be over $100 million, and they more than made back their budget. Now, here, here's the deal on Ocean's 8. First of all, a little backstory. Frank Sinatra and his buds made a film called Ocean's Eleven, and it was just an excuse for Frank Sinatra to Frank Sinatra in the Adam Sandler vein of grown ups. Yes, just wants to hang out with his buddies and have some fun. So and they, be paid, yeah, to do so. They did a heist film. There, nothing wrong with that. I, if I had that, yeah. if I had that chance, like you'd see a whole slew of Ocean's movies or whatever they called yes. my movies. I would totally do the same thing, and you and I would be in each other's We probably movies. would be in each yeah, other's movies. Yeah, yes. we would. So uh, that's what Ocean's Eleven was, and I know I saw the original, and it entertained me in that, oh, the entire Rat Pack is there. <laughs> that's really all I remember. I think George Clooney saw that, and he goes, I have friends. Yes. I, I want to be paid to hang out with them. Let's see. In Vegas? Yes. Yes. That seemed, that would be ideal. Yes. Uh, Brad, so, what are you up to? Just just rewatched Ocean's Eleven, which I had tried to show my children a few months ago, but they, quote, got bored. After Ocean's Eight, are you could sure, not get enough of it. Are you sure that you didn't accidentally show them Ocean's Twelve? No. It okay. Was, okay, so Ocean's Eleven, the story is... Danny Ocean just gets out of prison and immediately wants wants to that have a scheme. Score. Yes. Score. So th- what you know about the Ocean's films, they are not just full of incredibly handsome people, but they are stylish to watch. They're they're not something you need to think about. They're just they're fun. fun. Yeah, they're, they're fun. fun. They're a heist. They're, they're a caper. And like a, a, the the feeling I got after I had seen Ocean's Eleven, the uh, the remake with uh, George Clooney and Brad Pitt, like it was just cool. Yeah, like that movie just oozed cool, like out of every pore. And the music was perfect. I'll be honest; I barely remember Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen. Apparently, in Ocean's Thirteen, they were killed off, but were they? So. I don't know because I don't remember it. Twelve, I remember t- being a little bit tepid about oh. twelve. Interestingly enough, when I saw thirteen, um, I was in Las Vegas watching it on video on demand. Okay, that's cool. So when I looked out my room at one of the uh, the big wide shots mm-hmm. of them of Vegas, I, I was sitting there literally looking at the building that was on the television and what was essentially a wide shot. From where my hotel was. And I was like, well, this is... That's fun. That is surreal. Um, so even though we never heard of her, Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister. And she, it starts the same way as Ocean's Eleven. She goes up for parole and does her song and dance. Oh, the tearing up is beautiful. And The cast for it is also... Amazing. I would, I would argue equally as impressive as the... The previous Oceans trilogy. Oh, definitely. Uh, Sandra Bullock, I believe, uh, Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
Now, uh, here's here's one thing I loved, and I can't pull it all off the top of my head, so instead of looking it up and reading and sounding boring, we'll just go with this. One of the things I loved about this movie is all of the women were not 20 years old, much like they did with Clooney's movie. They were a range of ages, and a lot of them, and it's super hard for actresses to get work and get paid the same as the men. And I would argue um, the older it seems like it, it is perfectly acceptable for a man to age. It would seem mm-hmm. like Michael Douglas, like I don't I don't think he's ever like hurt for work. Right. Like when you get gray around the temples, like like George Clooney, I don't think there's been any point. He's just like, guys, I, I got to I got to eat. OK, Um it seems less so that the older the uh, you get, you're playing the matriarch roles. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, I, 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 it seems that it kind of rather than broaden uh, the spectrum that you're allowed to access, it seems like it shrinks. Yeah, and I could make an argument that women who were never cast as the ingenue but were working women as they aged got even better roles like Kathy Bates, something like that. They weren't they weren't expected to be beautiful perfection, or yeah. Which is sad to say. All right, well, Kate Blanchett recently turned forty nine, which is great and you know, in movie terms, oh my God, forty nine. I'm a, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Kate yes. Blanchett is and perfection. Michelle Pfeiffer oh. are both stunningly beautiful. Yep. Both of them are easily like in in the range of being able to be like either a like an aunt to me or in some cases uh, my mother. (laughs) Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was the one that finally took the crush crown away from Princess Leia. Wow. When I saw her in Batman Returns, like I, I was I was taken. Now, Sandra Bullock. She also also no no, oh, no slouch there. no slouch whatsoever. Sandra Bullock is if I'm doing my math correctly is 54. That sounds right. And uh, gee, Anne Hathaway in my mind she's 20, but she's like way older than that now. Anyway, the point is these these aren't all ingenues. I think the casting of Rihanna she's perfect for it. She didn't have to do a lot. Like whatever she could do, she did great there, in the role. There is so probably a demographic that she was meant to tap. And from the yes. from the opening of the film, it would seem that she she did tap that demographic. Mindy Kaling, love her, was thrilled she was in. So what the movie did, first of all, yes, the two lead leads are white women. Like so many movies, but this is a a, a movie that is Ensemble. carried by women, which is highly plural. unusual. Very, very so plural. unusual. And other than the movie, the women, and when I say the movie, the women, I'm talking about the original black and white version of the women, which is just so good and so snarky and. Yeah, I know there've been remakes. I haven't seen them. Couldn't care less because the first one was just that good. As an as an addendum to something that you're building on right now, do you realize what the top three highest grossing films were last year? Just off the top of your head, 
I don't remember yesterday. So. Star Wars, The Last Jedi, <gasps> Beauty and the Beast. Uh huh. Wait a minute. And um, oh, it's the the other one. Just Beauty was a woman. Last Jedi's Ray star. Is a woman. Oh, Wonder Woman was the other one. Is, and, is also and a woman. I, I'm gonna like spoiler alert. Um, stars a woman. Yeah. That the top three highest grossing films from last year were all like led by women. Like you had men in supporting. They, mm-hmm. they weren't. It wasn't just. Well, one of them was Amazonian. Um, but I'm saying like you you had um, Steve Trevor there. Like, but he was he was in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. And like n- nobody made a big deal about it either. Like you you have another film that actually topped the three previous male led films. And like I, I, I find less and less that people are calling attention to this. Like, I, I appreciate that it's just, it, it's just, it, it's becoming the norm now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not this exceptional, weird, just like Haley's Comet of a thing that what women, women, yes, women, women taking leading roles. Here, there is Katie Couric did some show. It's a she does a bunch of them, I think, on Netflix. But in this one. It's all about women, but she did a segment with Gina Davis. I didn't know that Gina Davis decided to do this whole thing because she said, you know, when Thelma and Louise came out, we were told this is a game changer. Women are going to be able to open a movie big because Thelma and Louise were so huge. And then she laughed and laughed because it changed nothing. And it didn't change anything movie-wise. But... She has done studies and created a whole institute, I believe, and it times how much screen time women have and how many lines they have. And versus their yes, probably their male. For instance, um, um, hidden figure, hidden hidden figures stars three women, but, but they're only on screen forty nine percent of the time, which is unusual. But still, that's higher than most movies. Right. So what they found out, and the point of all of this is, when boys, especially kids, I don't know how it affects adults, but when kids see all these men in certain roles, they say things like, oh, you know, I can be an astronaut, I can do this, I can do that. But they also end up being more sexist. And when little girls see all these movie roles with no women in the leads— they feel like they can't accomplish as much. And she made the point that all we have to do is change it in our creative arts and in a it's hit the movie. Perception. It is exactly that. It's, it's like it's Perception like seeing is, it Uhura it. in the original Star Trek. Right. Like it, it's those little things. It it's it may seem like a microcosm or small or not that big of a deal, but it's that it's that perception that people mm-hmm. like see and may, maybe some of this has changed for me slightly because I have a daughter now. Mm-hmm. But, like, I want her to be able to see herself to a certain degree or be right. able to project herself onto someone. Like, like um, okay, Supergirl. I watch Supergirl with her. It's, mm-hmm. it's on with the CW, like, DC shows. Um, I'm, not, I'm not particularly into it. Like, I don't, I don't hate it. But, like, again, it's not made for me. Right. She and I will watch it together because I want her to, like... I, I don't want her to always think that the that women need to be saved. I don't want exactly. her to think that they have to rely on a man. Like it's good seeing the woman being the one that's doing the saving or is the the primary thrust 
of the of these series, showing them they can be intelligent. Like mm-hmm. they they don't have to take a secondary role. They need no man. Right now, I think I raised my children jaded enough that this doesn't affect them as much. I'm I'm going to go ahead and put it out there for you, Jane, that you absolutely <laughs> did. It's it's um. It's textbook. It's academic. <laughs> because okay? they can't watch a movie without going, why don't you hit me in the face with some more product placement Pepsi? And it's like, Mom, did you see all those cars? They're all the same maker. Oh, my goodness, Ford. Calm I know. Down. Exactly. So that's how my girls and I collectively watch movies. And I'm pleased that they see the effect that marketing has done on them. But I also wanted just to be able to enjoy a movie. So when we decided to see Ocean's 8, I asked my husband if he wanted to go, and he went, yeah, really. So I said, fine, I don't want to spread money for you. Even even when, like, I am not necessarily um, really, like, just plugged in to it, I try to support stuff like this. Um, if I don't see it myself, like... I will make sure that like I've purchased the DVD for um for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like I I want to make sure that the money is being funneled into it because I want her to like I I don't want her to have to wonder about like what what can women do. I want her to think just in the way that every child should that like the the she has limitless possibilities. Right. Like I want her to shoot for the stars and like again see and. I'm sure that may, that may not have actually been what the filmmakers were trying to do with this, but I like her having role models, especially that are positive. Right. Now, I didn't take the girls as some grand feminist gesture, working to see a movie with mostly women. I They'd seen the trailer. It looked like fun. I really enjoyed the, the Ocean's Eleven movie, so we went. And... Uh, my youngest, sometimes it takes a special movie to really keep her attention. Or maybe she's paying attention, but it doesn't look like she's paying attention. That child was leaning forward in her seat, mouth agape, taking in everything. The downside to her loving this movie is now she wants to be a criminal. But... Well, that... Well, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry for everything I just said for the last five minutes, Jane. You have no idea. uh... They are walking out of the theater talking about how, well, this is how I would do this kind of a robbery. And it's like, not really the point, but... And I I said, you know, things like this, they just don't actually pan out. Okay. I had a similar moment um, after one of the boys had played the Assassin's Creed games, like... I was leaving to go to work or something like that. And I was like, hey, buddy, can I have a hug? And he goes, Dad, we assassins. And I'm just like, assassins can't hug. I think they can't hug their dad. What? What? I think they do. I'm pretty sure. they. Anyway, after all our women, this women, that I thoroughly enjoyed seeing Oceans 8 and much like Oceans 11. It is stylish. It is funny. And Sandra Bullock. Using an accent to to just talk about someone uh, being crazy, she's just funny. There's lots of yep. funny to be had, and it's beautifully shot. I think it could have been a little sharper with the dialogue, but I'm not really complaining. I thoroughly, it was certainly worth the $5 that I paid to get in, 
and I will watch it again. Now I won't go to the theater to watch it again, but I will watch it. But it's again. something that you want to read. It's yeah, it's the kind of movie where, much like Ocean's Eleven, I will just put on because I don't have to sit in front of it. But I like it. I like the music. I I just. Um, Fellowship of the Ring was that movie. For yes, me for me as well. When I worked at a video store, like, I just like I just, to have it on. Yeah, it it brought me comfort. Exactly. So I I think that is a a good thing. Larry David once said, not to me, but once said this about TV shows, and I think it applies to this movie and many movies. It's not always about the characters and the story. It's about the place. He said, like in Seinfeld, you liked Jerry's apartment. In Friends, you liked where they lived. And so you wanted to like be in that same physical space with them and then it, the writing and this and that but he you said wanted to, you, you wanted just to wanted visit. to visit there this is the kind of thing i i want to fellowship i want to visit there which is part of the reason i watch Parts it over and over i don't want to go no to not not, not the mountainy part that has and one part. does not simply walk into mordor uh but it is folly <laughs> this is a movie that i would like to visit again and it was fun so go see it. So this is what we have. Incredibles 2 was indeed... Incredible. Incredible. Oceans 8, by the way, there were eight of them. Oceans 8... And there were, they were at an ocean? Yeah, uh, no. No, okay. What? Mm, a desert. And yes, there is a twist at the end, not a sixth Shama, sense a Shama, twist. Shamalala, no. Shamalala, no. Not... Oh, the village. We should talk about that one day. No. Any- nope. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, we should do a whole show on Shyamalan. Uh, anyway, uh, it was entertaining, and that's what I wanted. I just wanted... I didn't think about anything really, else. That's really all I ask of my entertainment. Like, I don't... You you don't have to, like, politically engage me. Like, you don't have to educate me. Sometimes, I, I just... I want... To lose myself for an hour, two hours, 30 minutes, 20, what, whatever amount of time that you are requiring that I put aside. Mm-hmm. Like, just make sure I didn't waste it. Yeah. And I had fun. And yeah, the clothes were pretty. And I enjoyed that. And it's just they got to change outfits and they got to be do this and do that. I just enjoyed it. And they left it. It could stand alone on its own or they could, could be, all do something else together again. Could, so. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like, oh, what's going to happen next? But I would, I would like to visit with them. So it wasn't again. doing like post-credit scenes. Uh... Well, it after everything happened, then you saw what everyone went and did. But you, you got a closure, a bookend yes. of sorts. But it was not so much that like, well, they're all dead. Um, right. We can't, we can't do it unless we give them the potion of uh, aliveness. So naturally, what what leads one to think is uh, Danny Ocean probably isn't dead and now that this movie has more than made back its money it would lead to them pulling a brothering sistery heist. Ocean, ocean. Ocean's 85. the maybe. ocean, like Pacific yeah. Ocean. Yeah. So uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and my kids, well, I can't really say how suitable it is for kids because my kids are not the barometer that most people measure their children by. So... Uh, but there was nothing uh, sexual that I recall. So if not parental guidance suggested, use caution. I think but pro- ki- like, kids under the age of 10 probably aren't into it. 
They don't usually yeah. like the talky films. Yeah. So, but I didn't find anything. I, if there was cussing, I don't remember it. Okay. For example, the post, like nothing truly objectionable in that film. But I also didn't have like my eight year old just being like, "Dad, <laughs> can I see the post? <laughs> I've heard that Tom Hanks." is electrifying and Meryl Streep <laughs> is no slouch herself like that that didn't that would be so I'd just be funny. like uh well, uh uh-huh. yeah I heard it was directed by Steven Spielberg whom gave us Jurassic Park and I'm like you understand it's not it's not like Jurassic Park it's but, but maybe maybe it's a bit closer to like uh, let's say uh Maybe not Schindler's List. I mean, it's not that. Uh, Bridge of Spies. Did you like Bridge of Spies? And he's like, well, of course, Father. I I love a good, rousing 1960s tale of the Cold War. And I'll just be like, you are such a strange kid. Yeah. Why do you talk like that? Where does that accent come from? <laughs> Sadly, mine do speak in accents so often. But anyway, so see Incredibles 2, see Ocean's 8. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.